You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. is going on uncanceled hey i am back i missed last back. week i was gone for a minute but i'm back now missed the week Here before we too brianna did it yeah but i was like i was like here okay at least yep. on the sure. on the podcast you're right, you're right but today i'm actually teaching the word come of god on. i took two weeks off but i'm back i was still here but i'm back come it's on now i'm excited to be here today we are going to be talking about divine healing you know i've talked about divine healing so much to my leaders so much to my students, but I've never done a podcast on divine healing. So we're going to do that today. Make it right. And uh, with the help of God, it will be good. Amen. All right, here we go. It is now time to rate, rate that foreign snack. snack. Come on, right here. What do we got today, Reg? All right, this is the um, Cappuccino Kit Kat, and it is from, I don't know. Was this a new one? Uh I think that this is an oldie. Mexico. 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 Sweet. All right. I'm excited about this. Ben doesn't like coffee. That's true. But the thing is, is that if Ben likes it, you know that the flavor is not accurate to it, to, to, <laughs> to what it is. So um, let's see how we let's see how we do here. I, I hope it does take like cappuccino because I don't really like false advertising. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to eat this whole whole thing. Are you? I am, actually. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The Ben's not going to be happy. Here's the only thing I smell right off the bat. The sniff test is... Smells like a coffee bean It smells a little bit like caramel, as well as coffee. Like, it's a caramel coffee. Uh, Let's see. Ready? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Ugh. Mm. It's like ah. Uh. It's creamy. It's bold. I am getting notes of caramel. Notes? Yeah, I'm getting notes of bad for me. Wow. Did you wow. say that's pretty accurate? Because I just feel like I bit a coffee bean. Oh, yeah. I actually think they nailed the cappuccino because there's an element of sweetness to a cappuccino. Mm. With the foam. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know if caramel is the proper description of it, but, like, maybe, like, a maple. Maybe, like, a maple is more right? Yeah. I would, I would, I would maybe lean more maple than caramel. I don't love maple. I don't love maple. Um, but... I, I like this. I, you, I, I like this. Uh, I know that you obviously don't because oh, yeah, you don't no, like I'm, coffee. I'm, I'm very out on this. I'm not even going to finish it. All right. Um, let me think about this for a second because I, I actually do have a rating. Um, all right, you go first, Reg. I'm going to go with a... Hmm, I'm going to go with a three. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and I mean, I just, I just don't like coffee. I just, I'm just not a coffee guy. And that's so fair. like this tastes like coffee and that's kind of why I'm giving it a three because I feel like the flavor is pretty accurate. I haven't had a cappuccino maybe more than once in my life, like maybe more than one sip, but like the smell and the taste just, just tastes like 
it tastes like a coffee bean smells to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. And, uh, and it's also a Kit Kat, so it can't be like <laughs> that awful. So for me, it's a three. Ready for mine? Yeah. It's actually a six for me. Oh, really? It's not that high. The way it's sitting in my stomach right now and like kind of like the aftertaste. Huh. Would I eat the whole thing? Yeah. But like I would package? like, what do you mean? The whole, like this whole package? Oh, like the whole package, like right, like a regular kick out. I'm eating the whole thing. Like it's, it's, it's really good. It's really nice. Um, let's put it this way. I would never again, ever go to the store and pick up a Kit Kat cappuccino for wow. myself to eat. Wow. I'm surprised. But I'd eat the whole thing. Okay. No, I, I need the whole thing. If someone handed it to me, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is terrible. What's um what's doing that for you? Like just just how it's sit, sitting in your stomach? The aftertaste, the way it's sitting, the flavor even wasn't even my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like more of like a coffee, strong coffee flavor. There was too much of like that mapley taste to it. Like if I'm gonna have like, for example, like coffee ice cream, I rock with coffee ice cream big time. Never had it. Yeah, you you shouldn't. You would hate it. <laughs> um I rock with coffee ice ice cream like okay. I really do because it like and but it's like it's like coffee but it, and like I would rather like my coffee have more of like a a a sugary sweet than like a flavored sweet if that makes sense if it's like flavored like coffee like this is it. maple I, I have a maple taste in my mouth with this yeah. coffee um I would never go again if they sold fun sized ones of these I still probably wouldn't buy them well that's how I feel. Sorry, Mexico. Yeah, sorry, Mexico. The, the, the Mexicans, they're great people. Um, that actually was probably going to be offensive. I was going to say, like, thank you for Taco Bell, but, like, that's actually probably, that, that's like me saying to an Italian, which I am, thank you for Olive Garden. No, like, you know. No, thank that's you not Taco it. Bell. Um, thanks for, like, to be honest with you, man, this is a conversation for a different time, but, like, there's some things, like, Mexican food that I'm just not that big of a fan of. Like chorizo. You don't like chorizo? Ugh. Oh, really? Well, I do have an unfair like bias to it because I've only got it from Puerto Vallarta mm-hmm. in um in uh Danbury or whatever. And it has a cinnamon taste to it, and I don't like it, and I don't think it belongs. It's too sweet for that. But anyway, I actually do really like tacos. I think that tacos are awesome. Uh, I think salsa is awesome. Um, maybe that's actually not true. I like Mexican food. What am I saying? Never mind. <laughs> Just some things. All right. All right. Anyway, that's it for rate that foreign snack. You guys didn't want to hear me uh, go on that rant. Maybe hey, you did. Guess. I'm not really sure. But today, it is time. It is time. It is time. It's time to get into this teaching. I'm about to step on some toes today. Because divine healing, divine healing is one of the most, the one of the most hated topics from religious people. People do not like teaching on divine healing that is directly out of the Bible and not based on circumstance. The reason why people do not like what the Bible says about divine healing is because of experience. People will say, you know, well, my grandma this, me this, me that, this, this, and that. And many times when it pertains to divine healing, I'm not saying all the time, but when we'll get into this, but many times as it is concerned to divine healing, people don't receive divine healing 
because of a lack of understanding or because of something that they're doing wrong. We like to blame God for not receiving divine healing, but in reality, it's not on God, it's on us. I know people don't like to hear that. They don't like to take responsibility for it. They like to think that God this and God that. And I'm not saying that every single time that somebody doesn't receive healing, like they did something bad or it was their fault. That's not what I'm suggesting. Sometimes, you know, we don't always know what the uh, reasoning is behind why someone doesn't receive divine healing. But we'll get into that a little later. But I want to preface this with this because I understand that a lot of people are very hurt by things that have happened in their lives concerning sickness, concerning disease. And I don't mean to be insensitive in any way, shape, or form to people who have lost loved ones, to sickness, to disease, and such. And I don't mean to do that at all. I mean, what I want to do today is I want to show what the Bible says about this subject and hopefully encourage you how you can receive divine healing in your own life and what the Bible says concerning it. I understand that that people have seen loss in their life. I've seen loss in my life as well. And there are reasonings and things behind that, but that's not the purpose of this podcast today. Today, the purpose is to talk about what does the Bible say concerning healing? concerning divine healing. I believe divine healing to be a fundamental truth of the church of Jesus Christ. Fundamental. Uh, I believe it is important. I believe that it is a part of the healing uh, or is a part of the atonement of Jesus Christ, which we'll get into in just a second. But divine healing is an important teaching in the body of Christ. It is necessary to understand divine healing. Let's get into it. Here's a foundation that we have to establish. Here's the question that people debate over. Uh, A certain denomination, there are a couple of them, but I'm thinking of one in particular. They say they believe in divine healing. However, they they don't fully uh, believe in divine healing because their answer to this question is no. Here's the question that we have to establish. Is it God's will to heal? Always. Is it always God's will to heal? Yes or no? What does the Bible say about that? And believe it or not, both camps will often run to this scripture to try to prove their point. But I'm going to show you what the word of God says. And instead of reading into the Bible and trying to, you know, say it's saying all these different things or whatever and try and take stuff out of it. I'm just going to read what the Bible says and we're going to answer the question. Ready? Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Today I'm actually using Ben's Bible. My Bible's at home. Matthew chapter 8. Ready? Let's see what Jesus' answer to the question is. Is Jesus willing to heal? Yes or no? That's the question. We're not going to insert anything else into that other than what is Jesus' answer? Yes or no? Matthew chapter eight, verse one. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Okay, a leper. Someone, understand, a leper came to him and said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Okay, here's what Jesus says. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be healed. I am willing, 
or be clean, be healed. Some translations say, uh, I will be clean. Depends on the translation. But at the end of the day, Jesus either says, I am willing or I will. Those are his two responses to that. I am willing. But here's what people do with this. The answer is clear. Jesus said, I am willing. Jesus didn't say, I'm willing for this time. Jesus didn't say, I'm willing sometimes. Jesus didn't say I'm willing, but I do appreciate you for asking because sometimes I'm not willing. Jesus clearly says, I am willing. But here's what people do. They look at the leper and they look at his question and they go, see, this is trying to teach us that we're to ask Jesus if, we're, if he's willing. But I just don't understand why we care more about the question from the leper than the response from Jesus. The response of Jesus is more important than the question of an individual. The response of Jesus is more important than the question of the individual. Now, if Jesus responds to something someone says or to an action someone makes and acknowledges that it was good, then we have a different situation. If the Bible, if Jesus said here, yes, thank you so much for asking. I appreciate you, you know, considering if it be my will. You know, you asked such a great question. Then I'd, we'd be having a different conversation right now. We'd be saying, well, apparently Jesus did appreciate that he asked, you know, uh, you know are you willing? But Jesus just responds, I am willing. I am willing. Jesus' answer to that leper is the answer to humanity. You cannot find one instance in the Bible, not one, where Jesus says, I, I'm sorry, I'm not willing. Everyone that came to Jesus in need of healing, in desire to be healed, in faith to be healed, was healed. Every single one. I have a professor in Bible college that he doesn't believe that it's always God's will to heal. However, he cannot get past the fact that Jesus never denied anybody healing when he was on the earth. He still can't get past it. But however, he's allowed experience to determine that he does not believe and, you know, he has his other arguments and stuff. But how come if it is not God's desire to heal everybody, if God does not want everybody to be healed, if Jesus gets glorified through people's sickness and wants people to be sick for his glory, then how come he never left anyone sick? How come? The answer is because God does not get glory from sickness. The glory God gets is from healing. Well, brother, you know, this person got healed from this. And if, you know, if they weren't sick in the first place, then they wouldn't have, uh, God wouldn't have gotten glory. But where did God get the glory in? The healing. God got the glory in healing. In the example in the Bible, we see people in the Bible they come to Jesus and, or they come to the disciples or the apostles and they get healed and everyone gave glory to God, the scripture will say. It doesn't say, and everyone gave glory to God that they were sick. It says that everyone gave glory to God. It says that when Jesus healed people, you could see this in the Bible, that when Jesus healed people, people came to him and they saw that and they received healing too. I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. Same chapter and verse, Matthew 8, verse 14. It says, when, when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. Okay, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And everyone glorified God that Peter's mother-in-law was sick. And they were so happy that, he was, that she was sick. And you know, God just, Jesus just didn't really feel like healing her because everyone was glorified. What? 
That's not what the scripture says. It doesn't say that. No one's getting, God's not getting glory. Here's what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't go, well, Peter, I'm really sorry, my brother, but your mother-in-law's done. She's down for the count and she's going to stay this way, but it will all be for my glory. And one day in eternity, it will be better. Peter, it's not my timing to heal your mother-in-law. I'm sorry. You'll have to wait. Maybe tomorrow you can ask me and see if I'm interested in healing. I, you know, I'll go here. I don't like that. I don't like the whole, you know, not God's timing. You know, in God's time, maybe I'll get better. No, that's a misunderstanding of the healing atonement. And I'll explain that in a second because it's actually already been done. I'll explain that in a second. But God's not double-minded. God's not double-minded. God doesn't sit here and go one day, you know, one day, yeah, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's a good time for me to heal. And the next day, no, it's not for him to heal. God's, God's will concerning divine healing is already in his word. We don't have to seek what his will is. But here's what Jesus does do. Here's what he does do, because this is what the scripture says. Ready? He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. Okay, so he healed her. He touched her and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. Understand that Peter's mother-in-law was sick, uh, likely with a more, uh, it wasn't just as simple as a fever. It was likely more um, uh, serious than that. It was likely more serious than that. And I don't have time to get into uh, why that's my understanding of that scripture. But regardless of whether it was serious or not, she had a fever, Jesus healed her. That's what happened. But here's what happens as a result. That evening they brought to uh, to many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our diseases. Okay, let's break that scripture down. Ready? First, he healed all who were sick. All who were sick. Now, I know know what some people are, are thinking right now, you know, Other translations will say many sometimes when he says it. Okay, he healed many, but it doesn't say anywhere that he left somebody out because he wasn't willing. Doesn't say that anywhere. You know, I I don't get the arguments from absence. It's there's something, the number one hermeneutical rule or a top hermeneutical rule. You cannot argue something in the scripture that's not there. You can't say, well, this isn't here. So therefore it means this. You can't say, well, you know, the scripture says he healed many. So, you know, uh, there were some that he said no to. It doesn't say that anywhere. You can't make that argument. It's not fair to make that. It's not fair or true to the scripture. You have to understand, I'm not just some person that, you know, that is like a faith preacher that goes, oh, you know, you know, this is, uh, you know, God wants to heal everybody, but I can't back it up with scripture. I absolutely can. I'm studied. I went to Bible college. I studied for four years and I'm not saying that means I know everything. I'm still learning. I still sit under pastor Frank, who's the senior pastor of this church. I learned from him. I still have men and uh, women of God that I listen to and that I hear from. So I'm not saying by any means that I I've arrived, but however, I am saying that there is a credibility to what I'm saying. Saying. I'm not just some guy that, you know, decided that I believe this. I studied the scripture and this is the conclusion that I've come to. But understand this. It says that this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our disease. Okay. He took, he took our illness and he bore our diseases. He, he took it. He did it already. This is the healing atonement. 
This is the atonement. It has already happened. He took it. He bore it. He bore it. This was to fulfill what what he would do. What would he do? By his stripes, we are healed. People like to say, well, that's just spiritual. Apparently not, according to Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. It's not just spiritual. It is spiritual. But it's both. It's twofold. It's that by his stripes, we are healed. Yes, we are healed in a spiritual sense, but we're also healed in a physical sense. How do I know? Context. Again, understanding how to interpret scripture. Context. He just healed Peter's mother-in-law. He just healed a bunch of people that were sick and oppressed by the devil. And then he says, this is to fulfill what Isaiah said. He took our illness and bore our disease. The healing is a part of the atonement. You don't have to pray if it's God's will to heal you because it's always his will. Why? Because it's already been provided for. Healing's already been provided for. The same way, and people don't like this, but it's true. The same way that sin has been atoned for and that we don't have to seek the will of God whether or not he will forgive us of our sin is the same way that we don't have to question if it's God's will for us to receive divine healing because it's already been atoned for, atoned for. It's already been taken care of. It's kind of like this. It's like if you're at a restaurant and Ben is eating at one table and I'm eating at another table. And I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for Ben's meal. And, you know, the waitress comes over. Your bill's already been paid for. And Ben goes, mm, can, I, can I pay it again? Can I pay it again? Are you sure that, you know, it's been paid for? Okay. You know, uh, can, you know uh, I mean, I guess I don't have to pay for it. Mm, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe I do need to pay for, pay, pay for this meal right now. It's as simple as Ben understanding. Yes, it's already been paid for. Now you can just get up and go and you can go about your day. You don't have to do anything else. It's that simple to understand. He just has to receive it. Say, okay, it's been paid for. I'm going to go forward. He just has to receive it. You, uh, that's the same thing with divine healing. We just have to receive it. We just have to receive it. It's, it's that simple. It is the will of God to heal. The will of God to, uh, concerning divine healing is that he wants to and that he already did it. He already did it. Uh, people, people go uh, from a lot of different places with divine healing. There's four schools of thought. We can start with God doesn't heal, which is just not even close to his character. I am the Lord that healeth thee, but let's cross that scripture out of the Bible. Literally, God says in Exodus that I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 15, 20. I am the Lord that healeth thee. God reveals as a part of his character and name that he, he goes, I am the Lord that healeth thee. But yeah, God's just not really a healer. He doesn't really heal anyone anymore. How could God deny himself? He says that that is who he is. That is who he is. He is a provider. Jehovah Jireh. He reveals himself as a provider. Yeah, but I I just don't know, you know, if God, you know, really is a provider anymore. He has to be because he would be defying who he is. He is a healer. He is a healer. It's foolishness to say that God doesn't want to, that God doesn't heal. Oh, I don't think God heals anymore. I think that that all passed on. He would be denying himself. He would be becoming a different God. He would not be the same God. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the, of the New Testament. God didn't change in Testaments. The way that things happen and the way that, that we go about things in covenant change, certainly. But the way that God feels about things, the way that God thinks about things, and the way in which God does things is is uh, the same. 
It's the same. He's still a healer. That doesn't change. He is the Lord that healeth thee. But that's one school of thought. God doesn't heal anymore. The second school of thought is God can heal. But that's where we start to, you know, God can heal, but it's not necessarily always his will. Now we have the third thing where it's the will of God to heal. That's good. That's, that's good that we understand that. But the last thing, the last step to take with that last one, understanding, yes, it is the will of God to always heal, is that I actually already am healed. Because it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse five, by his stripes, we are healed. It is a present reality. It is a present reality. Now, I may not see my divine, uh, my, my divine healing manifest into my body always right away. But, but here's why you can call yourself healed. This is a powerful revelation. Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. This is a powerful revelation that every believer needs to get. In Ephesians 1, verse 19, or actually, do I want to start there? Yeah, we'll start in verse 20. It says that, the, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right realm in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Okay? Now look at what verse, what chapter two, verse six says. I think it's verse six. I preached this sermon. So we'll start in verse five. Even when we were dead in our tread passes, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised, uh, raises us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's break this down. Christ is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. And he's above everything that has a name, every ruler, power, authority, anything that has a name for the benefit of the church. But then it says that we are also seated with Christ. So if we understand that properly, and if you actually study this, I've studied this, I've read commentaries on this, that this is actually Paul, the writer of Ephesians, is speaking of a present reality a present reality that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so here's why coming back to divine healing, that we can see ourselves as healed, even if we in our bodies don't, don't feel it. First and foremost, because it's been atoned for, but second, because although we don't see it now, our position is with Christ in heavenly places. That is where we are seated. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, which means that we're above sickness. We're above disease. We're above everything that has a name in Christ. Understand that that's the key. If we're not in Christ, we're not above any of those things because it's only because of him that we've been seated in that place. But because of Christ, we're seated there. Get this revelation too. God does not see time the way that we do. God is outside of time. He sees your past, present, and future, and he sees it as one. So watch this. Even when you feel sick in your body, and you're not feeling right in your body and all that stuff, even when you are sick in your body, you can understand that you are healed. Why? Because God sees you in your present state of being sick, but he also sees you in your future state of, see, of literally the fruition of seating in Christ in heavenly places. He sees that future reality, although we, we can't see it right now, 
Although we can't see it right now, that is where we're headed. That is where we're going to literally be in heavenly places with Christ for eternity. That's going to be our eternal home and destination. It's a present reality that we're actually going to see come to fruition eventually when, when we die and a bunch of other stuff happens that I'm not going to get into right now. But you can be confident that although I don't feel healed in my body, although I feel sick in my body, that I already am healed because it's been atoned for, because I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, and you can hold on to that. You can hold on to that. So we have to get away from this teaching that, you know, God doesn't want to heal everybody. You know, it's not always God's will. It is God's will. It is God's will. It's always God's will to heal. You know, People will bring up all these different, you know, vague things. And you know what? I actually feel in my spirit right now to, uh, to do this. We're going to, we're going to do a series on this. We're going to do a series on this because I I feel to do so. We're going to answer questions such as, you know, next week we're going to talk about how to believe God for divine healing. Because there, there is a way to go about it. There is a way to go about it. We'll talk about, you know, is it okay to take medication? You know, if I'm, you know, a, uh, if I'm believe that it's God's will to heal, can I take medication? You know, I'll actually answer that one right now. If, if it is God's will to heal, then why do people that believe that, you know, take medication? You actually have more of a right to take medication if you believe God for divine healing and you believe that it's God's will to heal you than you do if you believe that God doesn't always want to heal. Ready? The belief is, right, if it's not always God's will to heal, right? And I'm sick in my body and I don't feel right. And I say, you know, I, you know, pray or, you know, I just believe, you know, if God wants to heal me, then he'll heal me. If I don't get healed, then clearly, according to my theology in this scenario, clearly God doesn't want me to be healed. He wants me to be sick for his glory. Then stop trying to take medication that will make you not sick for his glory. You see that? But if I believe it's the will of God to heal me, then I can take medication with the understanding that I'm taking this as a temporary solution, as a temporary healing. That's not my ultimate source of healing. But when I take that medication, I can believe God and trust him that my physical body will be healed by his power, that I already am healed and I'm going to see it manifest, come to pass in my body. You actually have more of a reasoning in your theology and doctrine if you believe it's the will of God to always heal, to take medication than than if you don't believe it's the will of God. But we're gonna do a series on this. We're gonna talk about, you know, how to receive divine healing. I think I'll do one on hindrances to divine healing, like what can stop uh, somebody from receiving divine healing. And we'll, we'll, we'll do that for the next couple of weeks because um, I feel my spirit to do so. But this is the baseline right here. This is where we're gonna start and we're gonna go from here. Yes, it is the will of God to heal. We'll, we'll even talk about, you know what, because some people are afraid to do this. We'll even talk about scenarios in the Bible where people get it confused that, oh, this scenario means that God doesn't want to heal me. We're going to talk about that. You know, Paul's thorn, the man born blind, all, all those different scenarios. We're going to talk about all of that stuff because I'm tired of people misinterpreting the, these scriptures. Paul's thorn, Paul's thorn is, is so obvious. It's not, it, it's not even funny. Like we'll, we'll get into that though. Anyway. Anyway, and I want you to know it's not your fault if you're sitting here like, well, I was never taught this. It's not your fault. You're hearing it now. I have a commitment to preach what the word says and what the word says alone. And that's it. Experience 
is not what determines my theology. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right now. If you are sick in your body right now, I want you to just lay hands on yourself wherever you are. Uh, if you're not feeling right in your body, something's wrong in your body right now, wherever it is, wherever it is, because I believe the healing power of God can touch you. If you would just believe in faith with me right now, I believe that God can heal you and I believe he wants to heal you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, you're already healed. You're just going to receive it for, your, for, for yourself now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that you've given me the authority to pray in faith that you have atoned for our healing. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command every single person that's laying hands on themselves right now that they be healed in their body right now in the name of Jesus. Sickness leave their body, disease any problems in their bones, any problems in their muscles, any problems uh, in their back, in their legs, in their feet, from the top of the he their head to the soles of their feet, I command in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I, amen. Amen. I want you to know that you don't need someone like me to pray for you. You can pray for yourself and you can believe God. And we'll talk about that more uh, in the weeks to come. Amen. Let me just pray for everybody else that's watching right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person watching. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them a revelation, Father, an understanding of what your word says concerning divine healing. I thank you for every one of them, Lord, and I pray that they would continue to watch as we go through this series on divine healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless. God bless.